Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to part two of my reflection of my 38th birthday. I normally don't go back and listen to my recordings. Um, and I had to go back and listen to this one because I shared so much in such a little time and it was a lot for me to process. Um, it was a lot to go back and listen to. But I wanted to just continue sharing um, my reflections and take you to some other vulnerable areas um, of my healing journey and and hoping that there is a bigger let go for me in doing this and sharing it on this level. So... The last thing I shared with you was the Yoni steam that I did that helped me shed and release so much stagnant, toxic energy that I'd been holding on to in my womb area. And the womb area is also where we, as women, tend to hold our traumas, our childhood traumas. We already go through so much in that area in itself. And soon after I did the Yoni steam, I saw a card reader, um, this incredible woman named Jessica. And she had read my cards. Uh, to be honest, I was avoiding her for a while when I first met her. Um, I knew that when I sat down with her that she was going to deliver truth that I wasn't quite ready for um, to open up to and deal with. So I was honest with her and I sat down and told her that I had been avoiding her for that reason, but now is the time so let's do this so she pulls my cards and she starts pulling the cards and does the spread and then she did something that i had never experienced um with a card reader before um she started pulling um spreads from different decks um but they were all connecting and they were they all connected the dots so there was a huge thing in there Um, and she asked me, you know, what my biggest concerns or issues were. And at the time I had told her that I was having a lot of issues with my creativity and like more than a writer's block, um, which I've experienced that before, but it's, it's not that I, I couldn't write or couldn't express or couldn't dip into what else I think is a, is my creative side um I was refusing to I didn't want to so she asked me who in my childhood had blocked my creative side in my life and I said well my parents I wasn't allowed to have an imagination I wasn't allowed to be a child and and play and color and She also asked me what I thought an artist was, and I said an artist is someone who can draw and can paint 
and see a vision in their head and create it and put it onto paper, bring it to life. But I also had a huge issue with recognizing myself as a writer and that a writer is also an artist. And then I'm also visualizing these things in my head and putting them out on paper and creating something with it. But she also helped me realize is that my writing, like I said before, had been so connected to pain that I was avoiding. Avoiding processing the pain so I can get through it and really honor who I am creatively. Part of doing that was going back and healing a lot of those wounds that have been very exposed lately because that's what the shit does when you're healing, you're doing Reiki, you're doing clean eating, and you're seeing card readers, and you're constantly around energy healers and people who work with energy and work with the traumas and emotions and things that you feel you're just constantly feeling exposed being a owner of Copali Tierra I am constantly uh, feeling raw and exposed all for the greater good right so so with with Jessica she had suggested for me to do things that honored my child self um, do things that made me feel silly or playful my husband's so good at being silly and playful and I'm so bad at it I get so annoyed when he's trying to be playful with me and almost like I have always taken myself way too seriously So she suggested for me to buy myself a doll and to take this doll and play with her and talk to her and connect with her as I'm connecting with my child within, my little girl Erica. So I found this lady, I can't remember if she's in Texas or New Mexico, um, that makes hand-stitch um, Maria rag dolls. And these didn't look like the traditional ones that you see. Um, so I was very drawn to her, and I ordered her their hand-stitch, you know, me to um, order. So it took like two weeks to get in. I was nervous. I was really nervous for her to get here. I was excited. So she gets here and I had her mailed to um, Vettel's house and um, Vettel had her husband Klaus drop it off to me when I was at Copal. So he came and brought it and he left and it was just myself and Patricia sitting here and 
I'm talking and talking and talking as usual. And Patricia's like, dude, open your box. And I said a little prayer. I got some Palo Santo. I smudged the box before I opened it. And I asked my ancestors to be present with me and just to comfort me during this time. And I opened her up and man, she was fucking beautiful. It is beautiful. And I just kept staring at her because the doll looks like me. She looks like me when I was a little girl. It's really weird. And I remember Patricia just watching me, holding space for me. And she said, go ahead, hug her. I took her out of the box. And I just held her to my chest and rocked her and told her that I loved her that she's safe she's worthy she's protected and I put her on my altar And I had another moment with her, like a week after. And then I had another moment with her this morning. There used to be this show, um, United States of Terror, and it was about this woman who had um, multiple personality disorder. I forget the correct word for it. Um, DID, I think. Um, forget what it stands for. But it was only on for three seasons on like Showtime, and I was a huge fan of it. Me and my sister, um, Denora, watched it all the time. And I started re watching it. And I just finished the last episode this morning before I left the house. And. Her, all of her personalities represented people in her life that were, that were part of her traumas. And like the big trauma was the one that she had to like figure out and really dig into and she really had to do a lot of work to figure out what had happened to her as a little girl that created all these triggers for her as an adult so every time something would trigger her depending on what that trigger is is depending on what personality she would turn into so i started doing some research on multiple personalities no i'm not saying that i have that at all however it made sense to me how crazy this woman could go or how far she could take it in her own head 
just to avoid dealing with her own truth. And in these episodes, she's coming to certain conclusions. One of her traumas was something with a boy taking advantage of her when she was a teenager. They figured out that her trauma started way before that. And that wasn't like the big thing. She confronted the boy and everything. She also has this issue with her mom. Since she's blocked out all these traumas and can't remember all these details, everything's like so vague. She gets like glimpses of her childhood and she just can't connect the dots. And so she goes to her mom. Which she didn't want to do. She was avoiding it the whole time. And she goes to her mom and starts asking her mom for answers. The mom's reactions is what was triggering for me. Because the mom kept claiming that she doesn't remember anything. And the girl, Tara, would, you know, remember, like, a name and be like, Mom, who's Mimi? Like, was she a babysitter? Like, I have this, like, short memory of, like, me and my sister being in her house. Like, did she take care of us? Was she, like, a nanny? Like, and the mom's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't remember who Mimi is. And she's totally full shit. And, like, she doesn't share with a daughter, like, any of the truth she doesn't she doesn't want to be honest with her daughter because if she's honest with her then she has to do her own reflection work right if she's honest with her daughter and tells her daughter yeah i i remember who these people are well this is what actually happened to you so watch the show but in in the end, it's further in her childhood. She's little and it's a half-brother that they didn't remember who was around when they were little girls. Who touched them inappropriately and when the little girl shared this you know the like old school fashion they didn't want to believe it so they kick him out they do whatever he disappears and now this little girl becomes an adult who has all these triggering moments but can't fucking remember what happened to her That show was so relatable. There's so many things that run through my head from my childhood that are just little film strips that are hard to piece together. 
and I've had a few moments in my young adulthood where I've confronted my mom with certain things and asked her and I would get the same thing. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know. It's story of my life. But I don't believe my mom. I honestly don't believe that she doesn't remember all these things. I just think that if she sits there and does remember these things she might be held accountable and that's not an easy thing to go through hold yourself accountable for the wrongs you've done I feel like that was my biggest lesson with my stalker, Johnny, was holding myself accountable for the wrongs that I have done to people that I've been with in relationships, partners. Facing myself. facing who I was then so with having this doll and watching the show and I'm watching the show and I'm watching the season finale And the husband and her kids can't handle her anymore, so they put her in a home for her safety. And I got up, and I went and grabbed my doll, and I just held her, and I started crying. A lot of the questions that I have for my mom and for my papi, I already have the answer to. Part of me just wants them to admit things and... But with my mom, I don't think it's about her just admitting things of the past, it's stuff that's still going on now that I can't, it just bothers me and brings up so much anger, it's just so triggering. And I've done all this work to release and let go my my past traumas and my current shit. You know, I may have forgiven my mom for certain things when I was little. But there's more memories coming up. And so there's more forgiveness that I have to do. But it's not just about her not protecting me as a child. It's her still not protecting certain things now. Because she hasn't done the work. She refuses to do the work. 
So she pretends like she's in this happy little bubble. Or she pretends like she doesn't depend on drinking for her emotional release. I was honest with her a few weeks ago for my birthday and told her that I've learned that I can't take her word. I didn't want to express that to her. I don't want to express a lot of things to my mom, to be honest with you. And during our full moon circle that we had here at Copalitera, I realized in the exercise that we did when Patricio was facilitating that my traumas and my issues, my anger, things that I can't let go of are not towards my papi. They're towards my mom. And I really feel that I've over the last six, seven years, I've really sugar-coated our relationship. Because I wondered why, out of all the things that my parents have said or done to hurt me, why it's so much easier for me to forgive my papi than my mom. I realized it's because, no matter how fucked up it sounds, amongst his vulgarness and the nastiness and the going off and his hatred for women that he still hasn't recognized. He's honest. He has so much fucked up shit in his head that he may exaggerate stories or may not get the story right and may attack sometimes and it feels like out of nowhere. He's not a liar. He's unapologetically honest. And that's not who my mom is. So I had to start thinking about my relationship with my mom how was my relationship with her growing up it was awful I talk so much about my papi because he makes it easy he's crazy Carlos everybody knows him he, he, everything's you know hard on his sleeve my mom's the opposite everything's secretive everything The cycle, the the generational trauma has just gone on and on and on on my mom's side of the family. And it's quite disgusting. When I was 11... My parents had divorced. And that summer, my mom 
was hanging out a lot in LA with um, one of her half-brothers and his wife. And every time she would go up to LA and spend time up there, she wouldn't take me. And we were out of school, it was during the summer, and I would stay back with Bappi a lot, and she would just take my sisters. I was definitely ahead of my time in those ages, and I figured out what my mom was doing. So it was the first year that the San Diego Nighttime Zoo opened, and my papi got tickets from his work. And him and I went to the nighttime zoo. And we were talking about how much we miss my sisters. But not her. It was always me and him against my mom. But like team up. But I told him I was 11 and I told him Bobby, she's gonna leave you. She's leaving us. She doesn't take me up there every time she goes. It's because I'll figure it out. She's probably seeing a lawyer up there. She's probably looking for jobs. Like, she's probably trying to figure out how she's gonna leave. So I felt abandoned by her. Not the first time. I was 11 years old and my mom's family stopped talking to me because I chose to live with him and live with her. My aunt called me up and went off on me. How dare you disrespect your mother like this? He's manipulating you. He's evil, he's horrible, he does all these things. And if I tried to say anything bad about my mom, it was just shot down. She was the princess of the family. She never did anything wrong. And if she did, it's because she was influenced by other people. It was never about Veronica. It was never on her. So I feel like that just added to resentments that my mom already had against me. My mom resented me as soon as, as soon as she saw me being close with my puppy. You know, the issues just get worse and continue from there. Putting stepfathers in front of me as a child. Still as an adult, but in other ways.
so I've been going through this shit. It's been making me feel sick again. I'm sure my husband already noticed that I haven't been eating again. Because when I go through stuff like this, I, I need to express and release what I'm feeling inside. And, and if I don't release it and don't let it out, it's just going to make me physically sick. So after I watched the show, I got ready, made myself some breakfast, showered, and then I text my mom. I asked her if she had some time to talk. So we're supposed to meet up Friday morning. I just invited her to come over and get some coffee and go hang out at Chicano Park and talk. I'm not calling her over here so that I can go off on her and tell her how fucked up she is. I just need to tell her that I'm processing a lot of hurt and anger towards her. I do have one huge question that I want some clarification on. And I want to tell her that I love her. But I'm going to need a lot of space on this one. And then there's my poppy. <laughs> um, <coughs> my I've expressed on this episode plenty of times about my puppy having um, his episodes where he kind of just goes off starts bringing up things from 20 years ago that he's apparently pissed off about talks about it like it just happened goes off the deep end and then completely forgets what he was saying So he had one of those recently, but the weird thing about it was that it wasn't directed towards, it wasn't directed towards me, It was directed towards my cousins, um, the ones that are half Irish, 
And I think it was the first time that they've ever experienced my dad so directly like that going off on them. Um, they didn't deserve to be spoken to like that. Especially it came out of such left field, completely. But the thing that sucks about that is that he expressed a lot of things um, that I do not disagree with. Uh, my cousin being a cop and government stance, political stance, fuck the cops. Um, so he expressed all this stuff, but of course he did it in his fashion, which is um, something that my cousins don't get to see and experience. And they've heard me say things. They've heard my sisters talk about him going off and the things that he says and you know go almost like he's back on meth again I felt really bad that they experienced that that must have been really fucking hurtful to hear my dad talk to them like that and to hear him share his opinion but it's an opinion that he's had my whole entire life so it's not anything new and to be honest, it started because his sister, my tia, was trying to pick a fight with me after I had posted some things that were in the response of fuck the police. And she hit me up wanting me to explain myself and I had sat down with her a year before this and explained myself already once to her which was I thought was very nice of me to do but all this shit was taken very personal and she took things directed at her even though they were directed towards my mom's family and even though I've told her so many times that her sons are not the only half-white cousins I have and that when I'm talking about white privilege I'm not just talking about her sons I'm talking about all of my family um, who don't recognize their privileges this is something you guys have heard me say it's nothing new so i was pissed that she was picking a fight with me and i told her like what are you doing right now we've had these conversations you know what i post and i said in fact this sounds like what i post is really affecting your mental and emotional health you should probably stop following me so she took that to the extreme and she blocked me off of all her social media shit um i didn't have the energy to deal with it so i didn't give in to the argument that she was trying to create between her and I and I basically told her in the nicest way possible to fuck off so she's continued this she's tried picking fights with both of my sisters um also found out that the night that my dad did go off he was drinking hard alcohol, smoking weed. Both of those is what he does all the time, but he was also taking some painkillers that he got from his sister. 
which clearly tells me that she does not recognize her own addictions because they are pills, which I've gone through already with my own mother um, many years ago. And obviously not recognizing that her brother is an addict or else she wouldn't have given him those pills. So my papi had told her to stop picking on his daughters. And if she didn't stop picking on his daughters, he was going to start retaliating and picking on her sons. Mind you, we're all fucking grown-ass adults, so this is beyond ridiculous, but I can't control who my father is or who my tia is and how they respond to things in life. That evening, I got a phone call from my cousin, my tia's oldest son, and I chose not to pick up the phone because I knew he was calling because my puppy was going off on text message, and I'm not responsible for what was happening. Um, But I don't think they understood how much their mom was pushing his buttons on purpose and waiting for a reaction. Um, He's living with her, so he's an easy target. You know, I recognize that I can be an easy target in a lot of ways from my past and the way I've reacted and responded to people and situations and things. So I can understand that. Um, I can tell my cousins and their wives are also offended by my dad. And I think think I'm getting a shit end of the stick on that and kind of they're holding me in the same category as him um which is fine and if they ever do want to sit down and have a conversation about our parents and their issues I'm more than happy to with any of my cousins it's created a huge separation um in our family I'm not going to say it created a huge situation because there's already been a separation in our family. But I'm not responsible for that either. My door is always open and I hope this is the last time I have to express that to my friends and family and community I am in transition I am for the first time in my life connecting with my higher self I have a beautiful relationship with my God and my universe and my community and support system that I have created for myself is just beyond a blessing. I am forced to look within every single day because that is the life that I created. Since that, since that episode that my papi had, there's been a lot that, that he's been working on. 
went and saw a psychotherapist <clears throat> that um, we had set him up through Copalitera. And now he's doing Reiki sessions um, with Anissa. Um, the same um, girl that does the Yoni Steams. Um, she's also our Reiki facilitator. I never thought opening the space. I mean, I didn't even last year on my birthday invite my dad to my birthday. He was disinvited because of everything. This year was so different. He came to the market on my birthday that we have here in Barrio Logan and he got to be a part of that day because he earned it and he knows that he's been showing up he's been not drinking hard liquor he's has switched um not smoking um weed he's been smoking cbd um he's been getting really clear-headed he's been very focused on his self-healing the energy work I just never thought in a million years that this space would be holding space for my papi it takes time when you're going through stuff like this you know I always get so upset if I think I made people feel like I treated them like the old Erica. But I've come a long ways and I do forget how far it's been. I do not forget how much further I have because um, I sit in a healing space every single day and Trust me, there's no avoiding those things. That big blocked childhood memory that I have is slowly opening. I know I know the answers. I just want to get a little bit more clarity. The person that hurt me and abused me is no longer in this physical world and hasn't been for a really really long time but I didn't really discover and learn that he was my abuser until recently <laughs> the healing never stops. 
<clears throat> I'm really excited for what um, Switching on a has in store for you listeners in the next couple months rolling out here. Um, back with new episodes, um, new truths to share. Um, I'm going to be opening up about some stuff on the um, podcast that I haven't really dipped into before. Um, my whole infertility um, journey that my husband and I went through and what we still go through as non-parents in our families and communities. Um, um, Other exciting news that um, I'll be sharing pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, I will be sharing, which I've had on my podcast before, um, Patricia is one of the owners um, at the Space Copa Litiera, and she's been on the podcast uh, over a year ago, but it was a short episode, and we talked a lot about um, identity and art, and talked about her identity and her art here in Barrio Logan, and we're going to have her back on the podcast. This is the first time that I'm inviting someone back on the podcast because I want to share her whole story. Um, I want her to share her truth and take you through the journey that she's gone through as a Chicana muralist at Chicano Park and all the amazing projects that she's been a part of and all the things that are to come. Um, and We'll be sharing more about our healing journey as Copalitiera. I can't wait to have both Patricia and Vero on the podcast so I can finally share um, how this all started um, and all the crazy fucking things we've experienced since we've opened all of these portals um, here in our community, here in the space, and in our own families and for ourselves. So I'm looking forward to sharing all those new things with you guys and we'll see what else is to store and what else is to come. And just thank you for tuning back in to the podcast and for just listening. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love and support that is out there. I feel it. Thank you so much. And till next time, fist up chingonas.